episode 8 of Politics, The Young and the Jealous. Hi, I am Laura. And I'm Chris. It took me a second to realize who I was. Yeah, well, we've, we've got a new setup now here at uh, the Stranded Castle, or Castle Stranded as we used to call it. And that we've got a standing desk now, and I can no longer see Laura while we do this, which is awkward. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, there you go. You just got it. But you Hi. know what? Okay, I will make an admission. It is a standing desk. I can see through the desk. The chair is very high. And, yes. well, the view is fabulous. It's because you're getting my midriff. <laughs> a little lower. Oh, no. okay. oh that midriff. Okay. Yes, that midriff. I'm not wearing any pants. That helps, right? <laughs> So, yes, we've got this, and when I'm not standing, we have a stool, uh, and when, yeah, because apparently standing is better for you than sitting all day long. And speaking of things that are not good for you, we're going to talk about one, apparently. All about jealousy. Yeah, this is... Something this... I've never <coughs> felt. <coughs> no, neither have I. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that, yeah, we, that never comes around, particularly in the poly lifestyle. Really? Yeah. Never comes around. Ever, ever. That's like saying that, no, it's, that's wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to make a football reference, and I realized, no, my audience doesn't care about that. Yeah, nor I've just does been your watching, I've just been watching it all day, so it's my fault. <laughs> After I said the other day, I want to boycott the football, and I really should. But uh, that's actually a subject that we should talk about one day, but we will. We'll get to that, about the entitlement of some people. <laughs> 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 because that's going on and. That's another subject for another day, but we had someone who requested this topic. Did we want to introduce them ahead of time? Yes, actually we did a shout out on Twitter because we just couldn't decide what we wanted to talk about. So why not ask the masses? They're always smart. And we had C. Polly. Um, her username is at cpolly69, had suggested that we talk about jealousy. And specifically, I have it up here, hold on. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd the tweet go? There it oh, is. Oh, no. He turned on his monitor. Now he's glowing. It's radioactive. I, <laughs> yes, specifically. And it's C. Pauly as in C as in Charlie. P-O-L-Y 69. Just uh, to make sure. And wanted to talk about how jealousy isn't a personality characteristic. It's an emotion. Which I think where this kind of stems from, just the way this has been phrased, is that a lot of people say certain people are the jealous type. Suggesting it's a personality, as exactly as she says, a personality characteristic. Yeah, you can apply that to any emotion, though. Like, that's an angry person. That's a happy person. That's a sad person. And when, I guess, they, they show a certain feeling uh, more on average than anything else, they get described that way. And I, I don't know, is jealousy really an emotion unto itself, or is it a combination of fear, concern, envy... Anger, like I, I don't know that jealousy is really its own emotion. It is, it is an emotional response, but I don't know if it's its own emotion or not. Well, I think you know, uh, as you know, my uh, my son, who's now twelve, has ADHD, and I've been through a lot of um, interventions when it comes to understanding behavior, um, especially intense behaviors. And it was interesting because one of our sessions when he was quite young, they talked a lot about, you know, it was always about feelings check-in. How did I feel this week? How am I feeling? But the one session I really got a kick out of when they said, well, you can have more than one feeling at one time. I could feel happy and excited. I could be excited and scared. You know, you can have these combination of feelings. And I 
I think what you're talking about is that, you know, when I have had severe jealousy strike me, um, it's not the only feeling that comes along. Mm-hmm. I, I get petrified and I'm scared. I get angry. I get like, there's so many feelings revolving around that. Right. And excited and scared. What is this, into the woods? <laughs> excited isn't, and scared. Yeah, isn't that the uh, Little Red Riding Hood line from yeah. Into the Woods? And speaking of which, anybody who has seen the film Into the Woods, it's a wonderful film by Disney Center. It's actually very good. I was surprised how well they did with it. But the Broadway version's much better. Just putting that out there. So it's, yeah, exactly. I think you're right. It's a combination of multiple emotional responses that we've put into this one envelope called jealousy. And it usually is about the reason for the emotional responses as opposed to the response itself, if that makes... Yeah, the way that I look at it is, and this is, again, you know, coaching my son who struggles with behaviors, is all about feelings in and of themselves are okay. They are neutral. Regardless of how strong they are, feelings is not something you can control. And it is absolutely okay to feel. And you should feel, and you should learn to label your feelings. What is not okay is bad behavior as a result of that feeling, right? Yes. So you need to coach and train yourself that it's, you know, it's okay. Like, I'm feeling so jealous right now. I, I have these feeling inside of me. But if I lash out at you or make bad decisions or do some other behavior that is hurtful or wrong... That's wrong. The feeling in and of itself is not. I think that's a lot of what people think is that it's their right to react to the feeling. And this is where I think a lot of people go wrong. They say, I have to be me. I have to be allowed to react to whatever I'm feeling as I would react. Which is a wonderful statement, except when it affects those around you who really didn't need to be affected. And that's, I think, where you're saying is that how you act afterward is what actually shows what you are. Yeah, I think of one of the, I don't know why, and I think it's a story we touched on before, that I felt, especially when it comes to polyamory, I felt um, when I see another woman really vying for your attention to the point where they're trying to exclude me, Mm -hmm. I get very jealous. And that worked for both of us because we've both seen that in that direction. That's right. Yeah, because we've had that with you as well. Yeah, and, and it, it's interesting because when it first started to happen, because logically, you know, I'm like, yes, this is totally okay. I have I have signed on for this, that, you know, there will be other, I think you're absolutely amazing. So, of course, there's going to be other women who think you're absolutely amazing. But you haven't signed on to be excluded. And that no. was the, what happened in those situations. No. Where we both had somebody who tried to exclude us from what was going on with the other. That's true. Separate, but, separate situation. It wasn't one situation, yeah. But the interesting thing to me is that it took me a long time and a lot of conversation to figure out or label the feeling. Mm-hmm. Because in the moment, I felt so desperately lost. And, I, and I, I remember sitting there, and I'm just like, what is happening? The world is ending. I, I can't cope. I, I'm breathing heavy. My heart is racing. I'm sweating. I'm, like, losing my mind. And I couldn't at that moment actually reach inside myself to say, oh, my God, this is jealousy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't label it. 
yeah. until we had a conversation and walked through what that was or what I was right. going through. Right. And I think both of us have felt that in that scenario, as we've said, where we felt excluded. We've also felt it in the scenario, I think, where we don't know what's going on on the other end. Or at least I know I've run into that, where I felt out of control and not... And by out of control, I mean I have no control over any of the scenario. So give, and, walk us through an example. So. Well, an example would be, again, back to your first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And there were times where you would stop texting and stop checking in with me. Yes. And I would have no clue what was going on. We had one time, we had movie tickets for the next afternoon. You spent the night over at his place. And the movie tickets were for like one one thirty in the afternoon. And I don't think you texted me until about 11.30. Now, people who don't know Toronto aren't going to realize, but where this guy was is the east end of the city. We are the west end of the city. And it's, in Toronto, they're now saying that our traffic is almost as bad, if not worse, than L.A., so that, although it was a Saturday, you know, but still not having heard anything, I was starting to get to the point of really being a little ticked off. And as I recall, that was when we went and saw Inferno, which was a horrible film anyway. So that didn't help the mood either. But it was just the situation of not knowing what was going on, not knowing what you were doing, not knowing when you'd be home, not knowing that we had these tickets where we were going to be able to use them. So that made you jealous? How so? Well, no, I think the jealousy was already there. It just this kind of turned it up. Ah. It was as though it was turning up the stove, as it were. I think the jealousy is always going to be there. The difference is when we have certain checkpoints. When you check in with me, when I know what's going on, I can shut that down. Yes. I can turn it down to low. I This weekend, you were out with a guy and your current boyfriend, and... There was a couple of points on, you were over there on Friday night, you came home Saturday, early afternoon, and there was a couple of points where the next morning, and I'm sitting there and I have these thoughts that just have no place at all, but because I generally knew what was going on, and you had checked in often, I was able to just, you know, shut the hell up, what the hell am I thinking? I turned it off. And it's not an easy thing to do, It's an, I think that's a very good trained response that now I can do that. I would let myself mull for maybe 30 seconds and then just, no, I can't do this. This isn't right. There's no reason for me to be thinking this way. So I shut it down as best I could. And I think that that to me is, I I wish that I was able to do that a lot earlier. Whereas now I can do that very, as long as, again, we have these check-in points. As long as we have, we know what each other is doing, generally speaking. I mean, we're not going to be in each other's back pocket, but... You know what I mean by, we don't want to yeah. be all the time knowing every single detail and interrupting each other in what we're doing. No, but just a sense of um, understanding where your partner is at, like based upon anything. Like if I was with anyone, like I'd be checking in about where I was or what I was doing. Um, you know, partially it's a safety thing so that I feel like I know where you are and that you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a peace of mind because mm-hmm. it's just, you're used to always being with someone because, yeah. you know, and this is from the perspective of having a primary relationship, you know, like it's, if you, it's the double whammy of being with somebody else and then not knowing what's going on that can kind of hurt when you were talking, you know what that really reminded me of hmm. is an issue that I had with my daughter. Okay. So um, she is 10 and she was having 
a bit of time where she had so much trouble falling asleep. And she would say, you know, during the day, I'm happy, I'm fine, I, I don't have any issues. And then when it comes to just before bedtime, it was like this, this it wasn't necessarily jealousy, mm-hmm. but fear and anxiety, which I think is quite close to jealousy. I'm sure most of us as children went through that at some point, maybe not to the degree she did. I know what you're talking about here. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we ended up going, the, the, we in Toronto, um, the Ontario Health, they have walking clinics for mental health for children which is a fabulous thing. So we went there and the way they described it to her was actually really helpful even for me because I've used this strategy since. And what it is, is the way she described it was you have your um, uh, amygdala and then you have your other part of the brain that's logical. And what happens is sometimes your amygdala takes over. It's like this fight and flight mechanism um, that sort of kicks in full gear and the logic somehow doesn't manage to overpower it. And so uh, my daughter couldn't quite say amygdala, so she ended up calling it a rutabaga. Mm-hmm. So we now have this thing where if her rutabaga is overacting and telling her false worries, then we we fight it back with logic, right? So if I'm scared that um, there's a monster in the closet, then I use my logic saying, of course there isn't a monster. There is no monsters. I was in the closet. It is totally fine. And I think part of this fits so well with what you're saying with jealousy with these check-ins, right? Because like you just told yourself, like, look, I know where she is. I know everything is fine. I know nothing is changing. Even if your rutabaga is like taking over. And just for those who wouldn't know necessarily the amygdala, this is the definition I'm reading right off the net here, a rough almond-shaped mass of gray matter inside each cerebral hemisphere involved with the experiencing of emotions. Emotions, we've heard that word before. Uh, Gray matter has nothing to do with shades of gray, um, 50 shades of gray or anything like that. That's not the gray we're talking about. It's not the gray you're looking for. Move along, please. And (laughs) it's... But it's obviously... A good example, because, yeah, the rutabaga. <laughs> I like that when she did that. And well, it's nice because we even used it when standing in line to go to a ride at the CNE. You know, she her fear became a little too much or overwhelming. And I said, well, have you talked to your rutabaga? Did you tell the rutabaga that this is a ridiculous fear? And it actually really worked in the moment for her. She had a fear for a ride after she dragged me on the seventh biggest roller coaster in the world. Yes, she dragged me. Yes. She and her brother dragged me on that, and she had a fear going on. A, okay. Yeah. All right. That's All why right. the rutabaga was taken over. That's right. <laughs> so there's actually something else I wanted to talk about with this, too. There's a part of people, when they feel jealous of someone else or what their partner is doing, sometimes it's also a matter of perspective. So what I mean by that is... You know, I'll, I'll use you as an example. So if you, when you're, da- when you were dating someone, I'm thinking in particular, mm-hmm. so you would go out and I know that you would be out on a date having a really amazing time. It's a very natural thing for me to feel jealous. But then I start thinking about my core values and what I'm, what I'm really thinking about. Like, am I jealous because I feel like I own you and I should not let you have those things that therefore it means less for me or, you know, should I just be invested in your actual happiness that, you know, this is a time we agreed that you would do this. You're out having a great time. You're developing as a person. You're getting your needs fulfilled. That's a good thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, being jealous is irrational. It's my rutabaga talking. 
And in part, I think, again, with the poly, we've talked about, like, the check-ins we do. And to me, if you and I are checking in, because part of when you were with your first boyfriend and I would get jealous was not knowing that, you know, what what if I'm going to lose you over this guy? What if he's going to do stuff that's going to take you away from me? Yes. Whereas if we follow our own rules and continue to communicate the way we always have and be honest with each other the way we have, then that went away. Yes. And in your case, I like to think that I was checking in during those, because actually this came well after him. Yes. So we had learned from that. And I, I, I mean, it was my first experience. I'm assuming that was what you're talking about here was my first experience. In fact, now that I think about it, I've only really had one experience of a woman that I've dated multiple times. We had learned from the previous experience already through your situation, where it drove me to be upset, be jealous. Well, it's interesting because you would check in when you always arrive really ridiculously early. So you would (laughs) check in when you arrive Mm -hmm. and then you would say, oh, she's here. And then if it was a longish date, I would hear once halfway and then I would hear when you're on your way home. Mm -hmm. And, um... But there was also all that time in between. Right. And so that was some getting used to, right? Right. Like, because it's tough to block these thoughts out of your brain. It's like, you know, she's, um, she's great. Like I met her, she's a fantastic woman. And, Mm -hmm. and like, and I'm thinking, oh my God, and you know, what about this? And what about that? And, and, and then all those, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that physical reaction where, yeah, you know, you're, you're feeling so, even in my voice now you can hear it. (laughs) It was, it was tough. And that's what I went through with, again, your situation prior was that I wouldn't get that middle check-in. Sometimes I wouldn't get the check-in when you're leaving for home. There were things like that. So we at least got that down. Yeah. Because, again, we don't want to be in each other's back pocket. We don't want to be checking in every 10 minutes. Yeah. That's not fair to either one of us on the other end yeah. who's trying to explore what we can do and learn what we can and be what we are. Yeah. So. So what, what do you think about this, like, ownership stuff? You know, that, that so many people, when they express their jealousy... Like, I'll give you an example with the guy I'm dating now... He was saying, and I'm not sure who it was at this point, but something along the lines of like, how do you feel that you've just had a wonderful date uh, with your girlfriend and then the next day she goes to a sex club? Like, doesn't that make you jealous? <laughs> I, I think, I, I don't see that it would make me jealous because I know in your case, say if you went with him to a, one of the clubs or if you went to him's place after we'd had a good night the night before, I'm not losing you. Nothing's changing between you and I over all this. Now I get that. Uh, early on, that was a concern. But again, with our sort of our check-ins and our rules as to how this now goes. And it's also our communication. I mean, how many times have we talked about this? Yeah, but that's part of it. What I'm saying exactly is that the way we talk about it, the way we're always open with each other, the way yeah. we're always honest about things. Well, and is it's, that for us, we know where we're at. And it's tough because you and I are very different, right? So like mm. when you get upset, it takes... It's, it's quicker now, but in the beginning, it took a couple of days before you were able to talk to me, right? Like it, it you would shut down right. and, and mull over it. And so I would have panic over the time until you were ready to actually open up and talk. And then it was really hard because like, like now I really do my best and I work very hard at, at labeling my feelings and expressing them. Mm-hmm. But there was a point where I was really, really bad at it to the point where I couldn't even label a feeling. 
right? I didn't, I'd feel things and I had no idea what I was feeling and why I was feeling it. And that is a nightmare when you're trying to communicate. It's like, what are you feeling? I don't know. You know, why do you feel this way? I don't know. (laughs) It's like, there's not much you can do with that. And it's funny you mention that because my son and I, when I drove him home last week, he and I had a discussion about anger. And he says he is more worried when I get angry because I just shut down and go quieter. And he says, I'm better than I used to be. I, and it's not that I, it, usually for me, it's just shutting down to think about it, to figure out what am I going to, you know, how am I dealing with this, which is how I'm doing it internally. But he says, you know, his mother will yell and scream at him. And at least he knows what's going on with me. When I shut down like that, he doesn't know. And that scares him. <laughs> scares me, not <laughs> yeah. just him. It yeah, scares, you know, people that, care about you. And it's again, the point where you're not communicating or I'm not communicating in that sense. And it's something I have to work on more. But yeah, you're right. I, I'm doing it better than I used to. Yeah, but you know what? There got to be a point where you communicated why you did that. Mm-hmm. So it got better. Like I, if I see you do that, I'm like, okay, so something's up and yeah. that's okay. And now he I just needs say, time. I just need some time. And that's okay, right? Because I know that it'll be fine that when you come, like, again, it's a lot about experience. Like, once you've done this 10 or a dozen times, you're like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. every time he comes back, he's not going to shoot my head off. That's not so, what's going to happen. It's going to be a, a very good communicative conversation, but he just needs time to sort of get it right in his head before he's able to right. do that. Right. In my past experience, when I haven't been allowed to do that, I have gone off the handle parts of it. Not that my temper's that bad anyway, but still, by my standard, it's ridiculous what uh, when I have don't have that time to just simmer and let it calm. Yes. So. Have we covered everything? I don't know. Let Not me look we, at my notes. Have we actually covered anything? Let me put it that way. <laughs> I think I covered my notes. Well, I guess we should finish off here. We're uh, getting dark out there. So, yeah, I guess it's that time of the evening to call it quits. So if you want to find me, I started that with so. We're trying to get better at our talking. We talk good. We talk great. Speak of the English good. <laughs> I'm well, Laura. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, at Laura's Pond. And I am Chris on Twitter, at C-P-M-C-C-L-E-N-N-A-N. Also my website, cpmclennan.com. And also I have an author page on Facebook. We have an event coming up. Actually, we were supposed to do one last night. We didn't get there, unfortunately. So we're going to reschedule getting to that club in Oakville. But uh, we have an event coming up in two weeks from last night, the 23rd of September. Look up Polyamory Toronto, and it's their poly dating night. It's in downtown Toronto. Uh, Look it up on Meetup, and certainly come down if there's still space available. And speaking of jealousy, uh, Neil and Amanda, if you go on another podcast before ours, I'm going to be so jealous. Well, he's busy doing his next TV show. Oh, TV show. Season what kind two, of excuse is that? Season two of American Gods. Leave the guy alone. Oh, but I want to talk to them. Well, okay. I agree. <laughs> There's something else you want to. Of course feedback so we would love 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 to hear uh what you think of our podcast and topic suggestions so again <laughs> a nice lovely shout out to c Polly on twitter you can find her at c Polly 69 i appreciate the uh the thought to yeah. get us what we're talking to about tonight and we did miss last week actually we had the eldest of the four younglings going to college so we took her to college and she's actually having a blast which is great she abandoned us i know she did 
but we've already seen one of her performances from only a week in, and it was just shocking. It really was. Shocking good. Shocking good, yes, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Not only did she do a performance with a group that was fantastic, she did one from Spring Awakening, one of my favorite musicals. It's lovely. Yeah, I'll probably be sharing that on my Facebook. I should have done it already, but I probably will, if not today, tomorrow. So... All right. All right. So we will bid you good night, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're watching or whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. Good thing they're not watching. I'm still not wearing pants. Um, I don't know. I'm watching. <laughs> I love what I see. All right. So thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.